0: Hello, and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Can we, uh, can we, can we pray? Can we stand? Yeah, Father, as we stand this morning, we thank you that this thing of mission takes roots in our hearts. We thank you, Father, that you love us, that you are for us, that you put courage and boldness on the inside of us. And I thank you we grasp something of mission, Father. You are so, so good to us. We thank you for that, Lord. So as we're standing, can we put that uh, scripture up, please? It's out of, uh, out of Matthew 25. It says, uh, At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough uh, for us, bo- for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. The door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day. Or the hour. Could you take a seat? You may have noticed that I'm not a redhead. Which immediately puts me at a disadvantage of preaching. Because in this house, when the redheads preach, it's fire. It's good, okay? It's good. It's good. Can we go to the next slide there? Be prepared. Is what I take from this scripture. If we are going on mission... And we are leaving our house daily. And a lot of us want to do good. A lot of us want to impact people around us. But I don't know if we really have a plan. And so we need to be prepared. The power of God is in the simplicity of the gospel. I'm not a theologian. But what I do know is the word of God. I know that God lives in me. And I've got something to offer. I believe if we put ourselves in the position to be available, our resources, our time, our effort, God will use you. He will use you. And there are many people in this room that have experienced that. We need to be willing to go beyond our comfortable, to be inconvenienced, because it comes at a cost. We say we love Jesus. We want to go on mission then let's go on mission. But that comes at a cost of a little bit of inconvenience and time. Our heart attitude has to be to reflect the Father. You've often heard from this pulpit that we want to make much of God. We want to make Him known. And we want to see the Father. And so that's what we want to do. There's a man in this community, somebody visited, was a homeless guy, and um, when the man came in, he didn't even have a shirt on his back. And this man had the attitude of, what with mine is yours. He took the shirt off his back to put it on the man, and then he zipped up his own jacket just to help that man feel comfortable. We are so busy looking for the major impact, I believe, 95% of the time. We're so busy looking for the big we miss the small every day. We miss the small every day. And most of the time, it's the small every day steps of faith, being stretched, trusting God, that will lead you to the big moment. How many people in this room have encountered a big moment? And when the big moment has arrived, you go, Ooh, that's a bit big. I have. Anybody else here? We've got to get used to the small moments, the simple things, the simple things. Taking a shirt off your back to help another man feel accepted and not stand out in in the crowd. The question here is not what would it cost me, but what's it going to cost him if I don't? Not what's going to cost you. If you don't step out and you don't respond to God's faithfulness who's been incredibly faithful in your last life, what is the cost to that man if you don't? It's not a heavy, but it's a good question. What is the cost? We say we, want to, we love Jesus. We want to see people saved. We want to see people encounter Him. What is the cost if we don't? So you've got to have the right attitude. Secondly, We need to read the Bible and pray. These are simple foundational 101 things. But if you're not doing it and not preparing, not being prepared, how is God going to use you effectively? How? We end up flapping about. All of us know that. You end up fumbling along because you haven't been nourishing your soul with reading the Word to get courage and boldness and strength. Because when you read it, and you live it, you start to know it. And it gives you a confidence to make a difference. Those are the type of people we want to be. It's the type of person I want to be. I hope it's the type of person you want to be to see the King. I believe praying is incredibly underrated in the Christian faith. Praying slash talking. Ask God. To use you. It's quite dangerous. Because we can do shotgun happy prayers. But we are called to be disciples. We are called to be disciples. Ask God to use you. Often I don't think we do. Because it's quite inconvenient. Because God will tell you to do something at the worst time. When that deadline is looming. You have to be there. You have to get that done. You're like, God, I've got no time for this. This is crazy. Do you know what I have to do? Hey, am I the only one? It's crazy. Be specific about what you ask for. Be intentional with what you're reading. I can tell you now that if you trust God and you ask him, the thing you read in the morning, that day God will give you somebody to encourage. Whatever hardship you are currently going through, whatever you have currently had victory in, God will use you literally every single day in that thing. He will give you opportunity. I promise you. But if we are not a people that are getting up and saying, God, use me, we miss those opportunities, those small opportunities that allow us to get the courage to take the big opportunity. Again, the power is in the simplicity of the gospel. Love God, love people. And these are the things I believe we need to put in place. The third thing is look for opportunities. This is interesting because there are opportunities everywhere. Everywhere. Scripturally, you look at the Good Samaritan story. If, you, if you're not familiar with the story, there was a man who was beaten up by robbers and left on the side of the road. And holy men walked past him people from the church walked past him and they left him and there was a Samaritan who stopped, crossed the road to help a man who was broken and bleeding on the side of the road when nobody else would. He cared for that man, took that man to an inn where he used his own financial resource in his own time and paid the innkeeper to look after that man. It's unbelievable. That's inconvenient. And that that, that that Samaritan or that man who's on the side of the road could be someone in your office who's having a tough time. What will you do to help them? At the gate, beautiful, with a crippled beggar, Jesus must have walked past that guy a lot. And yet, when the man called out to Peter and John, they said to him, silver and gold I do not have but what I have is Jesus paraphrase because I just forgot it and he said rise pick up your mat and walk and the man did what victories do you have in your own life that you can just say to someone rise pick up your mat and walk you're coming from a place of victory of a king that's put you back together it's an incredible thing Sickness is rife. Rife. How many of you work in corporate offices here? You'll hear, I'm sure you'll hear, there's always somebody's child or someone's father or mother that's in hospital. Can I ask you, in faith, run at the mountain of sickness? Run at it. We're in a season. Don't even try and compute. Just say, can we come pray? Then phone your life group leader or someone in your life group and say, you won't believe what I've done. I've just committed to praying at 6 o'clock this evening. Can you come? And watch what God does. When you go on mission to another place and you don't know anybody, you suddenly become very aware of how useless you are and how incredibly gracious God is. Right? So when you put yourself in the space where you're not trying to calculate and work out how it's going to come out, sickness is amazing. Because there are a lot of people that get influenced. And when we trust God and those people get healed, families get saved. Because the goodness of God breaks in. So can I challenge you, particularly in the area of sickness, chat to your friends, chat to people, make some commitments, go and pray. It is super scary and exciting at the same time. Because when those people get healed, it's unbelievable. I should be in a store. Guys prayed for me and prayed for me. My second surgery is six weeks ahead of where it should be because God is that good. Because people took the time to pray for me. It was one of my biggest fears at the faith conference that I was going to get called up on stage and prayed for and kick the boots off and have to run down (laughs) there. Yes, I didn't have faith for that. But I had faith for people to pray for me. And a number of people came and said, hey, can I pray for you? I was like, I've got faith. And from that weekend, from before the faith conference, when I just got into a boot and I could hardly touch my heel on the ground to after the faith conference, I think on the Wednesday I went to the surgeon that took x-rays and said, you don't need to wear the boot anymore. And we're going to move your surgery forward because God is that kind. Because a couple of people came and said, can I pray? Don't underestimate how God will use you. A simple thing of prayer. Bill Johnson said he would often hear someone was sick and go, "Ah, oh, sorry. For those of you who don't know Bill Johnson, he's a man who's seen incredible healings in his ministry. So he started off going, "Ah, oh, sorry, sorry about that. Then he realized that sickness was an opportunity for the kingdom of heaven to invade. It's an opportunity for the kingdom of heaven to invade. Sickness is rife. Let's step out in faith, run at that mountain, and trust God to do amazing things. We get to do these things by being prepared, simple things, reading your Bible, praying, looking for opportunities, and seeing what God is going to do, and I believe this morning the key that God put in my heart was the area of kindness, should be the next one I think, I believe the weapon of kindness. Now, there's several weapons, but I believe today God is wanting to highlight kindness. I felt God say to me that kindness is the key that is going to unlock people's hearts. Kindness is a very interesting thing. I don't know if you've ever had someone be kind to you. It's unbelievable. It literally cuts into your being because it makes no sense why someone would do that. We serve a God who's unbelievably kind. Unbelievably kind. Every single one of us has an opportunity to be kind. I don't know what kindness looks like for you. Kindness looks like, for me, my oldest daughter was driving the other day, on one of the few days that we had a torrential downpour for the total of three minutes, which is like a tropical storm for us right now. Um... <laughs> But she was driving along the road, and she saw a lady walking on the side of the road just getting smashed by this torrential rain. So she stopped and said, can I give you a lift? It's kindness. It's inconvenient. It's so simple, guys. The simplicity of the gospel will change the world. The simplicity of the gospel will change the world. It'll change our city. It'll change our communities. A simple thing, looking for an opportunity and operating in kindness. Can we put that um, that Titus three scripture up? It says, "Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable, and be ready to do whatever." Oh, that's the same sentence. Consider it, and always be gentle towards everyone. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of His righteous things, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. When God's kindness and love shows up. He is unstoppable. Unstoppable. And we get an opportunity to reflect that as sons and daughters on mission every day in our communities. We get to reflect that. Kindness does things like I was sitting in a, many years ago I was sitting in a service and the tithe basket went round And we had a thousand rand. We had more month than money. You'll know that when you're acutely aware. You keep all the money in your wallet because then you know exactly the bank can't take it. And then you know you ration it out. And uh, God said to me, put half in the offering basket. I said, God, are you crazy? How am I going to tell my wife that? She is lovely, by the way. So I took 500 rand, I put it in the offering basket, I went home. I actually can't remember whether I told my wife or not. I think I may have told her. That afternoon, I got a knock on the door, and there was a man who I love, and he said, uh, Here's a thousand rand pick and pay voucher. That kindness sowed a seed in me to be kind. It's unbelievable. Kindness is sowing seeds into ground that someone else will water and someone else will harvest. We are called to kindness. It's the key that's going to unlock, I believe, our city's heart in the next season is kindness. The world is not kind. They'll stand on anyone at any time or anything to get ahead. Kindness doesn't make sense. But when we reflect the Father's heart, kindness is a key that is going to unlock the city's heart to see him. I believe we have to train ourselves. You actually have to train yourself to be kind, because we're inherently selfish. But we serve a very good God. And when we want to reflect his heart, we need to be prepared. We need to train ourselves to be kind. We are ordinary, unschooled men and women. Ordinary, unschooled. But we have the power of Jesus inside us. And I believe God is going to take our ordinary and turn it into the extraordinary. But if we can't work out and respond to the ordinary, God can't make it extraordinary. We have a responsibility to our city to take our ordinary and let God make it extraordinary. The second half of Matthew 25 speaks about the man with the gold and the talents. It won't, it won't be there. Many of us will be familiar with the story, but if you're not, an owner gave one of his employees basically five bags of gold to look after. Then somebody else got three and somebody else got one or four and one or five and five and one. doesn't matter how many bags of gold there were. The point is that some people put those to work and other, uh, the last guy buried it. And when the owner came back, the first two guys had doubled the money. And the last guy just gave back one bag. Can I tell you that God has given every single one of your talents and abilities? Every single one of us has got something to offer. doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what your background is. Every single one of you, God can use you. Kindness is one vehicle. What talents are you burying? The guy that buried it, the response was, get away from me, you wicked, lazy servant. I tell you what, I don't want to hear those words from my father who loves me, that calls me a son. I want to take every opportunity, and I want to learn from the ones that I miss because God is, God is gracious and He is kind to respond to the call of the gospel to share with people so they can encounter Him. Can I ask you to stand with me? Father God, I thank you this morning that we would have had some impartation of the thing of mission put on the inside of us, something of the the value of preparation to make ourselves available to be used by you, Father. God, I pray that as we engage, Holy Spirit, we will be led by you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, you live on the inside of us. And I pray, Father, that you tune our ears in to respond to what you've called us to. I thank you this morning, Lord, for a very, very simple word, a simple gospel, a very ordinary word that would be turned into an extraordinary outworking in our city and our communities, Father. I thank you that it is the gospel 101. I thank you, Father God, that we as your sons and daughters would respond to your gospel, Father, to care for others, to show kindness, to draw those weapons out, Lord, I thank you, Father God, that we would in boldness pray, that we would offer to pray, and that your power would come, Father, and we would see people healed and lives changed, Father, because you are that good. You are that good, Father. I thank you, Lord, for every single man and woman here that they would encounter you on a daily basis. I thank you, Father God, for the discipline of being in your word, I thank you for the discipline of praying specifically, Lord, and trusting that you will use us. I thank you, Lord, that you shift our lenses, that we wipe away what needs to be wiped away on those lenses, Father, to see you more clearly. I thank you that you are so incredibly good, so incredibly good. And I thank you, Lord, that as we build the smaller moments and we trust you, that they will lead to the bigger moments and the bigger moments and the bigger moments that would bring glory to your name because you are that good, Father. I thank you for that. And just with every head bowed, there may be some people here that need to get onto the mission of knowing who Jesus Christ is, knowing who your Savior is. And can I tell you, there's a man who hung on a cross that died for you and I for every single thing that we have done wrong, for every single thing that we have done or haven't done, for every mistake, there is a man that hung on a cross and spilled his blood, who died for you and I, and rose again so that we may have life. And you need to get on mission with him. And if you are not on mission with him, with every head closed, uh, with every eye closed and head bowed. Could you just quickly shoot your hand up? I'd love to pray with you. And then we can move on. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father, that you died for you and I. I thank you, Lord, that you are so incredibly good, that you empower us with boldness and confidence. I thank you that we are called sons and daughters. I thank you, Father, that you are enough. I thank you for that. In your mighty name, Lord. Amen.